0: Our guest is a very successful stand-up comedian with four specials under his belt, countless TV credits and acting credits, but most recently, produced and directed a documentary called Always Amazing, the true story of the life, death, and return of the amazing Jonathan. On the phone now, it's Steve Byrne. Welcome to The Morning X, Steve. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. So, I'm not exactly sure where to begin here about this. I guess I should ask, first of all, you're a full-time comic and an actor and a writer. How the hell do you find time to make a documentary? Yeah, no kidding.
1: Oh, God. Um, I think it's uh, Red Bull and cocaine. I think we <laughs> the answer to that. Uh, no, I, you know, this is just this was just a passion project, a lot of sweat equity. And I think it's like one of those things, anytime you you really love something, it's not work. And that's what this this was, honestly.
0: So, were you going out doing sets after shooting that kind of thing?
1: Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, I still had to keep my day job. I got to keep the lights on and pay for the darn thing. But, uh, but yeah, it's been nothing short of just a truly great experience.
0: So, the amazing Jonathan—you could say he's a comedy magician, but that kind of undersells it a little bit, right? Is it fair to say you really kind of have to see him work to yeah, understand he's it? More of a
1: comedian than he is a magician. But sure. what I always loved about him is that his magic. His whole act was rooted in failure. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of the tricks would not work out the way he wanted them to, and then they kind of would. So, to me, there was more creativity. It's creative to come up with a magic trick. It's more creative to come up with a magic trick that doesn't work but then does. So, it was just like he took it a step further, but initially going backwards. I know it sounds confusing, but... No, you know,
0: it makes total sense. Carson was funniest when his jokes would bomb.
1: Oh, God, yes, of course. And, And that's a perfect analogy to... To Jonathan says, yeah. "You know
0: Carson bombing." Yeah, was he ever on Carson, or, or did he start after the Carson thing was over?
1: Uh, no, he was never on Carson. And when you when you talk about Carson, you're talking about the greatest late night talk show of all time, Carson Daly, correct?
0: Uh, no, oh, <laughs> I could see how yeah, man, I could see how they would get confused. You know? uh, no, as a matter of fact, um, that Carson would have been uh, Johnny Carson. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. No. I think I think his first late-night talk show appearance was David Letterman in the 80s when it was still Late Night with David Letterman.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, what about you personally? I know comics run into each other on the scene and stuff when they're crafting material, but are you personally connected with Jonathan? Like, what made you feel like this was a project that you needed to do?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, when I first hit the road as a feature act, the first guy I got to feature act for was back-to-back weekends. It was Brian Regan the first week, so I was like... Wow. And then the second week was the amazing Jonathan. And Jonathan and I kept in touch. I go visit them in L.A. and Vegas. And so when Jonathan, he was given the terminal diagnosis of cardiomyopathy, which is a degradation of your heart. And mm-hmm. he basically was told by doctors, you have one year to live. Wow. So he, he was waiting around to die. And two or three year, years later, he says, you know, I'm going to make a return to the stage. I'm going to see if I still have it. So he made the announcement, three shows in Boston. And I just thought, that's a great doc I love stand-up I love documentaries this could be a great hybrid I called him up he said yeah let's do it so that's kind of how I got drawn into it initially and it was a great experience to get to travel down Jonathan's career and legacy and revisit all those great bits that he's had over the years
0: so there were some moments in the film like for example Jonathan at the doctor's office uh, pulling pranks on the doctor and uh, him and his wife in the car talking about his medication and things like that was, was, was that all your footage
1: all yeah, I mean, wow. we had to film all of that. So, you know, from the interviews to even converting all of the archival footage, like the John Candy HBO Late uh, Young Comedian special, like, we had to take a VHS tape and take it to a conversion house so it could be in better quality for the film.
0: So uh, this uh, this show, he did the three shows in Boston already, right? Those happened.
1: Yes, those happened. That's kind of like the where the film builds to to see if he can still do it. And look, we had no idea, because if you know Amazing Jonathan... He is a ball of energy. There's a spiked heart rate. So when he was going to go back on stage, it's like the potential for him dying was, was real. It, we had no idea what to expect or anticipate. But again, he's the consummate professional. He pulled
0: it all off. Uh, yeah, you, he, there was a mention, I think, in the movie. I think the term was uh, he would steamroll uh, the audience. He would uh, just go out there and uh, and murder. He was that kind of uh, rocket of energy. And uh... Yeah,
1: David Copperfield, I think, is the one that, that, that said that about him. And Copperfield had a great perspective on him because... Copperfield is like a Disney-esque production. There's a lot of money or production value into his shows, whereas Jonathan was kind of like a, <laughs> like a blue-collar, you know, duct-tape WD-40 kind of comic sure. <laughs> where he's just making it up on the fly. And, you know, it's so fun to get to, to be honored to, and privileged to tell Jonathan's story, but the heart of the documentary, the, what the documentary really is, is about is this great relationship he fostered with a young kid that he met at the age of 12 and through the years, kept in touch with him. And when Joel Osborne, this young kid in Australia, turned 18, Jonathan hired him to become his road manager. So you're taking an 18-year-old kid from across the world to come here and be in charge of a drug addict in Las Vegas. It's just a crazy situation.
0: We're on with comedian and director Steve Byrne talking about his film about the amazing Jonathan. And we talk about Joel Osborne. He was there through it all.
1: Joel saw Jonathan through drug addiction, uh, a nasty divorce, a suicide attempt, the perils of Las Vegas, and got Jonathan's life on track. So much, though, that Joel basically went back to Australia, became a comedian on his own, and when Jonathan announced, I'm coming back to the stage, Joel came back to open for him. So the whole film came full circle. That's great. And the film really is about just this wonderful, touching, affectionate, between two guys that should never be friends on paper, but for some reason it works.
0: It was highly unlikely, yeah. And you know what? It was it was funny because I I watched the movie with my wife, and uh, you know my wife had no idea who the amazing Jonathan was. And uh, by the end of the movie, I think she became a fan, which is why I was saying earlier you oh, kind of wow. have to see him to appreciate yeah. him. And uh, just hearing his story, and we expected to laugh, which we did, but I wasn't expecting to be emotionally touched. So you did a really good job.
1: Thank you very much. Yeah, that, that's kind of the. The nice thing is that this is it's available on youtube it's absolutely for free mm-hmm. and the scary part about putting a film like this on youtube by the way, it's doing like gangbusters. We never expected the numbers we're seeing, but it's been out for about we a were, week right we We're given the decision of like should we enable the comments right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> So we put the comments up, and I gotta tell you, that's the most surprising aspect of how the fans are coming out of the woodwork. People that have never seen Jonathan, and I'd say 99% of the comments are all positive. There's 1% that are negative, and I consider them negative because I keep being called an Asian Elon Musk. So.
0: How does that even make sense?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I guess I look like an Asian Elon Musk. I just hope that Elon Musk gets called the white Steve Byrne.
0: He better be. That's (laughs) that's probably more likely, Steve, for sure. For sure. So, like, yeah, was it actually being a performer, you spent a lot of time in front of the camera. Is it hard to separate yourself from that and not be the one in front of the camera? Like, was it tempting to put yourself in it with the interviews and stuff?
1: No, because I have nothing to do with the story, you know, other than... You know, relaying the story, but I'm not involved in the story. I'm not. Uh, I'm not a part of the story, is what I should say. So, right. no, not at all. And look, I love Jonathan. I love Joel, and I knew their story so well, so I knew how to tell it. So, for me, the fun part was doing the interviews and mining this information from them, and also knowing where the film's going, so I knew where to lead them with the questions. But yeah, directing to me is really, really fun, and I actually just. Wrote and directed a feature film about my early years in stand-up comedy uh, called The Opening Act, and it's produced by Vince Vaughn, and that'll be coming out early 2020. So I think directing is something I may pursue from here on out. We'll see.
0: You like being behind the camera, then?
1: I like being behind the camera, yeah. Uh, I, I do enjoy it. I like, I like being in front of it, but being behind, it's a little, a little less stressful, but then the stress, the stress of directing is overpowering it's 12 to 14 hours and you're trying to make your pages that day and everybody's got a question every time you even have you think you have a break so right. it's time <laughs> consuming but the gratif- gratification is when you see it all starting to coalesce and come together like man this is great this is really like fun to see a, a movie being formed here
0: right yeah you, you start to see why you sat there for yeah. hours and hours and hours and tortured your crew and tortured your cast you know you start mm-hmm. to see the fruits of your labor come together that's a great thing
1: yes yeah, with you know the great thing with jonathan's thing was going back to detroit and getting all the archival footage and looking at all these great old sets and him telling us all these crazy stories about like steven seagal which was a deleted scene it never made the film but you know he got to meet steven seagal and he goes to steven seagal's house (laughs) and steven seagal's in a kimono and they're talking and then steven Gall's he goes excuse me so he goes upstairs he comes back down and he's in a different kimono so they keep talking, and then he goes, excuse me, he goes upstairs and gets another kimono on. And Jonathan's like, what the hell's going on? I mean, I'm the drug addict here. This, this is nuts. And so Steven Seagal says, you want to see something cool? And he walks him out to the backyard, and he says, release the cats. And these cats just massacre all these mice and rats that are living in, like, these ivy uh, things, and... Jonathan said it was just a slaughter, of just all this, oh like, God. rat blood and stuff. and oh.
0: It's
1: what? like, little things like that are so, like, you, like, you can't make that up. <laughs> so it's fun getting to, like, hear these things. You know, it's crazy.
0: So would there be, a, like, a DVD release of the movie at all?
1: No, because it's on YouTube, it's accessible to everybody, and it's free. I, I, I didn't think of making any hard copies. I just, I just, you, you know, everybody's got a laptop, a computer. You can see it on your phone, you know. You can watch it right now, but... You know, check it out, and hopefully you can be part of the community that is actually watching it, enjoying it, but also telling Jonathan how much they miss him and and they appreciate his comedy.
0: Yeah. That's great. Uh, So the movie's done. You're back doing stand-up at the moment, right?
1: Back doing stand-up. I was just doing a show last night here in L.A., and I was walking through the parking lot. I saw a car with a bumper sticker on it. It says, I Miss New York. So I smashed his window and stole his radio.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Made him feel right at home. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Made him feel right at home. And I'm going, as you know, to Chicago. And Chicago Marathon always gets off to an awkward start because no one's sure which gunshot actually starts the race.
0: You know, you're so right. Yep. Every year I stand there baffled, going, "Am I supposed to do something now?" <laughs> yeah, we play we, we play a game every summer out here called Gunshot or, or Firework. Firework. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy Fourth of July! Hey, yeah, we're looking forward to having you out here at the Chicago Improv in De- December, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. One of my favorite clubs. I, Any time I get the opportunity, I say I say to my booking agents, "You book me in a mall within a hundred yards of Elaine Bryant, and I'm a happy man."
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah uh, I think you're next door to Legoland. So. Yeah, right. <laughs>
1: you're right across. That's from the mark of an entertainer leaving Hollywood.
0: Precisely. <laughs> well, we're looking forward to seeing you. We can find you on Twitter. Steve Byrne Live?
1: Yes. Everything I have is Steve Byrne Live, and the link to the film is there, too. So I really appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you so much, and continuing success to you guys. Uh, thank you very thank much. Thank
0: you. The film is called Always Amazed, the true story of the life, death, and return of the amazing Jonathan. I think everybody needs to see it. You can get it for free right now at the All Things Comedy YouTube page. Thanks, Steve.
1: Thank you guys again. Be well.